Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria England. On today's programme, we have Ruth and Phelan joining us from Lancaster. They've been married about 18 months. They got married shortly after the first lockdown ended in August 2020. And that's where they started their journey to creating a family. With their friends and family, they have been journeying these last few 18 months. And today, they're going to be sharing their story with us here on Radio Maria. Hello, Ruth. Hello, Phelan. How are you? Hello, good. Very well, thank you. For our listeners, you can't see them because this is the beauty of radio. Imagine them as they speak as two very shiny, happy, smiley folks. (laughs) So they are full of, of the beautiful light of Jesus and joy. And I'm looking forward to hearing their story today. So Phelan, Ruth, I let you take the floor. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm Phelan. And I'm Ruth. And um, as Helena said, we live in Lancaster and we've been married for almost 18 months. Uh, because of the circumstances of our, of, uh, of, uh, at the time of the, uh, our wedding, it was a very small wedding, just ourselves, the priest, uh, our witnesses and the registrars mm-hmm. uh, and all our friends and family uh, watched online. Yeah, so although it wasn't the wedding that we had planned at all, um, it ended up being a very, very special, very amazing day, um, and one that we look back, you know, we're very happy with the way that it turned out, (laughs) although it was so strange. Um, In in many ways, this uh, unexpected kind of uh, change to our plans mm -hmm. set us up very well for our... (laughs) Uh, our married life so far so we wanted to say a bit about that Mm -hmm. uh, on the show today yeah so once we were married uh, we really wanted to have a family as soon as possible as soon as God would bless us with one Um, and so we were open to that happening uh, straight away but as with many things in this last 18 months a bit like our wedding things didn't quite go to plan Um, and Sadly, creating a family didn't happen quite in the way that we wanted it to at the beginning. Um, And so today we want to talk a little bit about our experience of baby loss in the form of miscarriage. We know this isn't an easy topic, uh, and especially at this time of year. Uh, So we do want to say that we'll handle this as carefully as we can uh, and try to share some of the courage and joy that we have experienced during this time. Yeah. So we'll share some of our own story, um, some important things that we would like to share about miscarriage, if perhaps that's not an experience you've had or come across um, close to you, but also some tips to help you if you're going through this particular type of grief. Um, So after we got married, we, we were blessed with baby quite quite soon, four months afterwards, which was really wonderful and uh, scary and wonderful and (laughs) <laughs> full of full of joy um and sadly our we lost our first baby um january of early this year um and our first miscarriage was 
quite a shock to us. We hadn't been prepared for what miscarriage can be like. Certainly hadn't really been prepared by the hospital as to what it would be like. Thankfully, um, some of our family members were able to give us a little uh, sort of heads up that it might not be straightforward as um, as we'd been told. And it was it was a traumatic time. Um, I was very unwell, had to stay in hospital, um, had to have surgery. So it was really a time, it was a crash course in being married and what it meant to be married to each other. And we really had to dig very deep and lean on each other for support. And um, it was quite beautiful looking back to see how Phelan was able to look after me and serve me and care for me. And also how I had to let go and let him look after me, which um, wasn't something I was used to kind of being looked after. So it was an important time in our marriage and quite poignant to go through that together. So when that was over and we were fully recovered, um, we were just over the moon, just like full of joy to receive another child into our life. And very sadly, we lost our second little baby on Easter Sunday earlier this year, which was physically less traumatic, uh, but still emotionally very, very hard. Uh, looking back uh, on that time, it was a very, very difficult and very sad time, obviously. But at the same time, uh, we've experienced so much grace uh, in, in this time. Uh, and the strength given to us during this period of grief um, is, yeah, it's been immense mm. from, yeah, from God. And we wanted to share some of the helpful things that we've learned along the way. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying that before I got married, miscarriage was something that absolutely terrified me. And I, you know, I I would never have a miscarriage and I, I it just was the most frightening scary thought ever and something that I thought would completely crush me and actually it's been really good to look back and say yes it was full of suffering but um it didn't destroy us and that there is there is a joy through this suffering which we'll come to later but the first thing that I wanted to share um from my experience was the importance of the church's teaching about life beginning from conception. So we've both of us were brought up in very pro-life families. We've been pro-life since we understood what that concept was. Um, but I never fully understood what that truly means for a life to start from conception um, until we lost our babies. And this teaching has actually been so comforting because um from a medical point of view, particularly, you know, when it's discussed within the NHS, you feel as though you're being told that you've had a failed medical procedure, as it were, you've had a failed pregnancy um, and your body's, you know, something's gone wrong somewhere and it's all very, very medical. And, you know, we had lovely staff who referred to um, our baby as a baby um, but at the same time this is all happening in tandem with an awful lot of medical terminology as well which is important but not always emotionally helpful um, and so it was really really important for us to hold on to the fact that uh, we hadn't had two failed pregnancies or you know pregnancies that just didn't sort of happen or get started um, but that we had lost two little lives um, and these were two immortal souls 
that were created um, by God with cooperation from us and who now enjoy eternal life in heaven with God. Um, and that was enormously comforting um, to acknowledge and to also remember that God is a God of the small things as well as the great. And I think a lot of grief around miscarriage can be because the life of the baby was so, so early and people feel that they're not allowed to grieve a baby that they lost, you know, a week after the pregnancy test or at six weeks of pregnancy or eight weeks. And the church <laughs> says, no, um, that is a life. You are allowed to grieve that. The life begins the first moment of conception. Um, and so God is a, a God of these small little lives as well as the big, great ones. So it's important that we honour these lives and we remember them. So continuing on from that, we were also comforted by the church's teaching on guardian angels. So in the Catechism, uh, paragraph 336, it says, from its beginning until death, human life is surrounded by the angel's watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd, leading him to life. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares my faith in the blessed company of angels and men united in God. So we know from this that our babies from conception were being protected and looked after and have now been guided to heaven. Yeah. And thinking about heaven, the uh, very unexpected thing that we learned during this time was an experience of joy when we lost our babies. And uh, we certainly weren't joyful because we lost them. It wasn't a feeling of happiness. Um, it was certainly joy within the suffering. But we knew that we were parents from the moment that we discovered I was pregnant. Not parents-to-be, but already parents. And we immediately felt like a family. Um, and as parents, it's your job to help your children get to heaven. And you just want your children to be safe and to be um, with God eventually. And so we feel the joy of them being in heaven and knowing that they are home in everybody's hoped-for destination. Um, and we take pride in them. We think, <laughs> we think they're great. Um, and also Thanksgiving for their lives, which aren't over, even though we didn't get to meet them on earth. And so we believe and feel in the comfort of their intercession and that they want to help us get to heaven as well. So our first music choice today uh, is a beautiful piece of music that we listened to during the first miscarriage. Um, it sums up the grief of the time, but also the grace and the beauty. So our first, uh, our first piece of music is Fantasia on a Theme by Thomas Tallis.
This is Radio Maria and this is Just Life. Today on our programme we are sharing with you our dear listeners, Phelan and Ruth. They are a couple married for 18 months from Lancaster and they've been sharing with us their time uh, starting a family. They've shared about their first miscarriage and then their second miscarriage. And they've shared their experiences of not having two failed pregnancies, but having lost two lives, two souls, that they now are rejoicing that their eternal lives are in heaven with God. Ruth and Phelan, thank you for joining us today and sharing your story. And I'll let you continue on with our listeners. Thank you, Anna. Uh, So having talked a bit about our experience Uh, We wanted to uh, spend this second segment talking about some of the useful things, some of the tips that uh, helped us through our grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, These worked for us, um, but it may not help. All of these uh, tips might not help everyone, uh, but hopefully it'll be helpful to hear them and have something to work with. So the first most helpful thing we did when we lost our babies uh, was to name them. I think we did that immediately um, when we lost each one. So we have Poppy, uh, who we named for the symbol of remembrance, and we have Pascal uh, for Easter time since we lost him at Easter. And this this is the single most helpful thing that we were able to do, um, I feel. And a name has really helped us to know our babies. As soon as we named them, I felt as though I knew them. Um, and our parish priest, who was so supportive of us during this time, um, he remarked that it's like the gospel story of the resurrection, when Mary Magdala doesn't recognise the risen Lord until he calls her by her name. And a name means that we can know them, recognise them, we can pray for them, we can ask for their prayers for us, and also we just refer to them a lot in our daily normal conversations. The second thing uh, we wanted to bring up was that for each of our babies, we we had a memorial service, again offered by our parish priest. Um, this was really beautiful and really helpful. Uh, very simple. We stood uh, in the same spot we'd made our wedding vows uh, just a mere months months before. Uh, we commended their souls to God spoke their names aloud, lit candles, said some prayers. Uh, Because of our circumstances, these were very small occasions. It was just the two of us and the priest. But it can be adapted to the occasion. Um, If the circumstances had been different, it would have been really lovely to have family and friends there to share that experience with us. but yeah, as that wasn't possible, it was yeah. beautiful just to do that anyway yeah. with, with just the three of us. Yeah, it was very cathartic. Um, actually, as a side note, it's worth saying how important the role of a good priest can be during this time. Um, so many people have been so supportive around miscarriage, but there's also so many people who aren't as supportive as you would like them to be, um, particularly, you know, society the world 
sometimes some medical staff, sometimes even well-meaning family and friends might really downplay and undermine the real loss of miscarriage. And it's really important that the church doesn't do that either. Um, you know, miscarriage is a bereavement, a grief, uh, just like, you know, like any other bereavement or grief, it's it's the same type of emotion and loss. And it is a life that's over uh, far, far too early. So priests can really, really help here. Um, and we were so blessed to be so helped by our parish priest um, to be offered support. Priests can offer ways to memorialise their babies. There's a wonderful baby loss chapel in the cathedral here in Lancaster that's uh, I go to all the time. It's really lovely. Um, and we were also offered the sacraments, the anointing of the sick, um, because miscarriage isn't just an emotional loss, it's also physical experience as well. So these are all things that priests can really support families with. The next thing uh, is make, uh, is keepsakes. So uh, keepsakes are a wonderful way of keeping the memory of your baby alive. Uh, for each of our babies, we've made prayer cards with their names on it, with a nice quote, mm -hmm. with a prayer on it, nice artwork. And we've also got memory boxes where we kept all the cards and little gifts who were given uh, at the time. So it's so good to have a tangible reminder of their little knives, which we have uh, on show in our living room, yeah. um, just in a little corner where, yeah, it helps us to remem remember them and to uh, keep them as an active part of the family yeah and part of our daily life as well yeah yeah um something else that we did is to mark important dates um so this helps for us i can understand that possibly it might be too painful but um we decided to sort of like celebrate remember their due dates and we did something special on each of those days so in the summer um it was poppy's due date and we went to the lake district and we had a picnic by the lake and just had a very relaxing, lovely time watching the world go by and the mountains and the lake. Um, and Pascal's due date was earlier this month, um, so it was a bit more of a working day. But we baked, I baked a cake. <laughs> we ate the cake. Uh, we said some prayers. We remembered him. It was really lovely. Our friends and family have been an amazing support, and we're so grateful for them. Um, and there's helpful things that... If you uh, are supporting someone through this, that even just the small things can help so much. Uh, so even things just like using the baby's name, sending cards and gifts, any practical help, such as lifts to and from the hospital, especially as uh, neither of us drive, uh, coming to spend a day with us, just spending that time with us, doing food shops, mm -hmm. And remembering to mention uh, babies um, in cards and, yeah, whenever you're uh, remembering them. Um, so whenever these little things happen, like, it just takes the edge off and helps yeah. to just help us feel like we're not alone in that grief yeah. and feel like we have people we can talk to about it. Yes. And that's something that we learnt... Um personally for us that in the miscarriage second time round 
was harder, not easier uh, than the first one. It, it wasn't any easy because we'd already experienced it before. It was harder. Um, and we just want to acknowledge that, sadly, some families will go through this grief multiple times. Um, you know, most of the time, miscarriage is a one-off event, but for some people, it can happen many, many times. And obviously, if you're supporting a couple going through repeated miscarriage, be led by their wants and needs but it is worth saying that in our experience uh, a second time felt even more heartbreaking than the first it was it was easy to accept the suffering of the first one i think but not the second so being offered the same support the second time around was something we really really appreciated um so don't stop offering that help and that love and support no matter how many times someone's going through miscarriage i think that's very important to say uh, so, having gone through uh, all these tips, uh, we did want to bring it back to the joy that we now have in these uh, in this time. So, as the years gone on and the grief has become less raw, although it's still there, uh, we feel a great privilege uh, that we were given these little lives, even for such a short time, and that while losing them felt senseless. Uh, and made us angry at times they changed us and made us into a family and they also reframed the concept of heaven for me um you know this doesn't sound very good but as um as i grew up in the faith heaven has always been a very vague place to me you know somewhere that i knew we were once we were meant to want to get to but heaven didn't feel very real it's kind of like all oh, the nice thing at the end of your life but now having two babies there and understanding more about life after death um, and my love for our children in heaven has made me understand god's love uh, for us even more and so heaven has really become focused for me it's very important uh, to get to heaven at the end of our life to be with god and to meet our babies uh, so our final piece of music is going to reflect that uh, we've chosen the hymn Thine Be the Glory, uh, which we had at our wedding, and it's an Easter hymn that reflects the reality of that death doesn't get the last word, uh, that death isn't the end of the story. Uh, it's a promise of heaven and of eternal life. This is Just Life and I'm just going to remind you of the phone number that you can call now to join 
Phelan and Ruth and all of our Radio Maria listeners to share your questions, your thoughts or perhaps even your memories of your little ones that may be also joining uh, the little ones up in heaven. The phone number to call is 01223-375-564. Radio Maria is a community and in this way Ruth and Phelan has shared so much with you and are opening their, their hearts and their ears to listen to you as well. So please do give us a call. The number is That was Thine Be the Glory, performed by St. Michael's Singers. Thank you for joining us today on Just Life here on Radio Maria. Thank you, Ruth and Phelan, for sharing your story, sharing your testimony with us here on Radio Maria. I have a question for you. You mentioned that the helpful people in this time of your two miscarriages, the leaving of these two beautiful souls and returning to heaven, that Mm. the doctors and the medical folks weren't as helpful as perhaps some family and your priest was. And Mm. I know from my own personal experience as well, that is absolutely spot on, spot Mm. on. And for me in the church, it was open arms, uh, other mothers and fathers saying, oh, come here, come here. Um, Even children, even little children saying, oh, no, come here, come here and embracing. Whereas in the doctor's office, we came for our the week checkup afterwards and even the receptionist like wouldn't look us in the eye. And um, Mm. so 
Is there any advice or anything that, or is there any initiatives that you may know of to help the medical field bring a bit more compassion, empathy into how they support women and men with miscarriages? Oh, that's a good question. I think that miscarriages is something that people really need to listen to personal stories about because I think the medical world has a very confused concept of what is a baby and what isn't a baby. And if you speak to someone who's had a miscarriage, chances are it is a baby. And obviously we know that it is a baby. Um, so I think to to actually, to not assume that everybody is going to be considering this just a clump of cells and to actually listen to to people's experiences and to then change your language, temper your language so that you are acknowledging a baby's life there. I'd also recommend, I really love the website Tommy's, the charity Tommy's, which is for baby loss. Um, and I particularly like using it because it is UK based and it does give the same NHS advice that you will receive through the NHS, but it does so, its language is always referring to a baby and that you are parents. Um, and I think it's it's a secular charity as far as I know, but it seems to walk that line between picking up the important medical things whilst also uh, being very human and heartfelt about its language. Is there anything you would add to that? I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> That's very true. So my husband and I moved to Cambridge and mm -hmm. it wasn't until... We had a friend that went through that had a miscarriage and lost her baby and she was opening up to my husband and sharing with her about the charity Petals as well. So it is another charity that helps with uh, and they say it specifically baby loss counseling. Yeah. It really hit him and he came and we had this talk about listen i don't think i don't think we've we've finished we don't, there's no way of finishing but we haven't really gone through i think we're still stuck in some kind of step here at this yeah. time we had had number three was there but it was through talking about the charity and looking it up it was that moment to remember and to talk about it and now we we've now decided that we we do monthly donations now i'm not saying that's for everyone but that is a way for yeah. us to remember and we see them running in half marathons people run for the charity and we cheer yeah. extra loud when we see a pedals runner running and yeah. there's that instant connection of ah we have this similar mm. story this similar our, our children are playing with each other in heaven and yay yeah. for you running for that <laughs> yeah definitely all right listeners back to you now though if you would like to again like ruth and phelan were sharing it's speaking about it it's connecting that really one makes makes everything grow and learn and perhaps you'd like to share your story as well or ask any other questions to Ruth and Phelan. I, I've already asked them the question off air about, oh, did you have trumpets playing at your wedding? <laughs> and they had a lovely organist. Do you, do you remember the organist's name, Ruth? Yeah, um, it's our friend Andy, who doubled, he doubled up as he was the organist. He did some duties, uh, sort of auto-serving. He kind of did a best man role. He was the ring bearer. So... Our two witnesses, Andy and our friend Rani, um, they did everything for us because that was 
there was no one else in the church. <laughs> was there, yeah. um, so Rani also was the photographer, bridesmaid. She did the readings. Um, they, both of them were just everywhere at once. They set up the live stream as well. They helped with that. Um, so we were very lucky. We just turned up and had this perfect miniature wedding sorted for us by the pair of them yeah great i yeah. love that and i love that you can name everyone at your <laughs> wedding not many people <laughs> not because it was small but they were so important to you let's think of it that way let's yes. think of it that way oh lovely lovely love. oh see i love hearing stories lockdown stories nice stories yeah. i love it i love it all right but enough from me enough from me radio maria listeners time for you to share the number to call in is zero one two two three three seven five five six four. Again, the number to call in and share is zero one two two three three seven five five six four. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now. I know you're able 
is just life. That was Mercy Me's Even If. Thank you for joining us on Radio Maria today, December 21st. If you're listening to this as a rebroadcast or podcast, you, you can't call in. But do know that we definitely welcome emails to info at radiomariaengland.uk. We can pass on your emails to Ruth and Phelan. And we can also uh, share your stories as well on Radio Maria. On this Just Life program today, we've had Ruth and Phelan sharing with us their story, their beautiful marriage story right after the first lockdown, and also the story of Poppy and Pascal as their two children that has passed away and has gone on to heaven. They shared with us some ways of bringing a joy into this loss in the people that have supported them and some suggestions for you as well if you are also having the same experiences. Ruth and Phelan. I know here in the Diocese of East Anglia we have a special unit in our diocese for family, miscarriage and infertility and they have had two masses, one for miscarriage in which families are and children are invited to and the second is infertility to understand it's not an appropriate time for little children to be running around the steps of the altar. Yes. <laughs> that is what happens with mine. But I think this is still a new initiative and it's a, a way that the church is really letting the laity express their needs and how they want to support each other as a community. I mean, before Vatican II, the children were kind of quiet, sit there, sit there, do, don't do away. And we've been moving more into letting the children be a part of mass, being up front and center. And then, of course, that brings on this be- these beautiful masses for the children that are joining us, not running around and screaming, but singing for us up in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, as as we shared earlier, the memorial services that we had were, gosh, just so powerful. They were such short, short little services, um, but they meant so much to us. And I think the power of the fact that we, every part of our life is made holy through the church's sacraments. And so losing a baby was something that we wanted to bring to the altar before God um, and to speak their names in front of the Blessed Sacrament was very powerful for both of us. And to say this is an area of our life that the church can make holy as well, it's not something that we have to hide away, um, was, yeah, I'm so glad that we, I, I didn't know that was an option until our priest told us that that's something he could do for us. Um, and I think I have heard of memorial services again um through a variety of different miscarriage charities um and so i think it's they are becoming more popular and i wouldn't be surprised if that's something that our diocese does do eventually after the pandemic <laughs> or maybe it already does and we've just not come across it yet yeah and again as you mentioned earlier that at the cathedral uh, there is a side chapel for mm. baby loss um, which, yeah, which yeah. is wonderful, and yeah. being being seen in the in the church is a very powerful thing, mm-hmm. and to to be heard, to be known, and for it to be recognised. Yeah, yeah. And if I could just say, I think the church does do so much good for the pro life cause, and I think people need to remember that miscarriage 
and baby loss is part of the pro-life of being pro-life and that we remember all lives no matter how they've been lost um and that it's important to remember that if you're pro-life you're also pro um acknowledging that that a miscarriage is a loss of a of a child's life as well yeah amen amen it's also a good it is not just a, also a good, it is a reminder that, as you said, offering Poppy and Pascal in front of the sacrament, in front of the Eucharist, is a way of remembering that they they came, they were here, they were on earth, they were inside uh, <laughs> your hearts and inside of you, and that people, even from a fl- with a flitting moment can have such an impact on you. Poppy didn't get to didn't get to sing lovely little songs, didn't get to do all those little things, but they touched you and have changed you and have become have made you I don't I don't know who you were before, but definitely amazing, beautiful, beautiful people and so helpful to others as well. So Poppy and Pascal, well done. Well done on helping your mommies and daddies become such beautiful sharers of Christ's light. Yeah. And um, I mean, in particular, Pascal, this was a very, very short pregnancy to the extent that I wasn't sure if like it was okay to talk about this as a miscarriage. But I mean, we knew that I was pregnant for a whole week and I was starting to get pregnancy symptoms and then we lost him. So it was very, very early on. But what that has taught me about life, what Pascal has taught us um, about life and about the littleness of life and how holiness can be found in that littleness was very life-changing for me as well and just something about the fact that he existed on earth for a tiny amount of time um and is now a saint in heaven i think has showed me the humility of god that to be a saint you don't have to do these great and amazing things you don't need to be the Pope or you know whatever um you just be who you are like be who you were created to be and love God and and be with God in heaven and that's that's it (laughs) that's all you need to do (laughs) no in a way they have it's a miracle that both of what they've done for you guys to to keep going and and be beautiful through this time you your wedding wasn't able to be this huge huge thing which i'm I'm gonna from i didn't have a huge wedding but i having a small wedding is is the way to go everybody um going out and reaching touching people hugs and stuff haven't been a part of your last few months as a marriage couple and uh, having lost two as well will you reach out and and have that connection besides just the vocal connection but the physical connection with other parents other people that even family uh to celebrate uh the memorials of poppy and pascal it's been hard to look further forward than a week or so at a time so i hadn't actually hadn't thought about that oh but that's a good advice sometimes you don't have to look for live in the moment sorry I, I would love to go to a, a baby loss mass or service at some point. And whenever that happens, when it's not online, <laughs> would be great yeah. as well. So that's definitely in my mind as well. Yeah. It'd be lovely. There's lovely, re- the receptions afterwards are always very nice. <laughs> There's lots of good cakes, cakes, cakes. And it's nice to be there. And I, I think you'll find it's amazing how. Because Ruth, especially, and, and you, you had 
he was there and you Pascal may have not shown you any symptoms but there may you you've you've you know we all know women yeah. <laughs> we all know. um so having that little touch to share it in a way you'll be being Poppy and Pascal and and holding hands mm-hmm. and giving a hug to somebody um to let them continue on blessing become being saints and giving miracles to others for all the people that you meet and share their lives with you just continue on their their missionary work of our little saints if uh, so for listeners as well this is oh i'm very much about the synod coming up (laughs) that's happening now if you so as you're asking the questions and as you're sharing these in groups or with your parish or with your bishops Mention this as this is what we want. This is this is mention how it's been helpful to you uh, because it's only through again sharing that these can be done for those parishes that may have not done anything, haven't thought about it, or haven't heard, just hasn't come across their radar. So share, share, share. I think that's a really good point. Like miscarried, we with our first miscarriage, we were told repeatedly by so many different members of staff at the hospital, miscarriage is so common. It's so, so, so common. You'll, you'll discover all your friends have had miscarriages now. You know, we all, you know, the, the, the women in the room with us at one point, we're all talking about their miscarriages, which was wonderful. Um, but then you go back into real life and actually no one talks <laughs> about miscarriage and so it's this really strange paradox of it's very common i think it's one in four pregnancies is a recent statistic that's being shared about um it's very common and at the same time it's very very uh hidden and understandably not everybody wants to talk about their experience of miscarriage um but i think sometimes you need a place to be allowed to talk about it to be invited to talk about it to open up and you can't necessarily start that conversation by yourself. And this is, again, the ideal place for the church to step in and say, we as a mother church welcome you, mothers and fathers, to talk about your babies that you don't have with you, um, to make that space where there isn't space in society for that. Thank you, Ruth and Phelan. You have certainly made a space this morning for our listeners to learn, to listen and to contemplate their own. So listeners, if if you have also had a miscarriage or have been struggling with infertility, do know that there are groups out there. Uh, what was what was the charity you shared again, Ruth? Yeah, it's called Tommy's. Tommy's, Tommy's yes. and Pedals. Gentlemen, Phelan will tell you it's important for you also to to speak about this and to share this as well. Yes. <laughs> Daddies are not yeah. immune. <laughs> yeah. Strong as they may want to be, but they're not immune to also feeling the loss and the heartache and also the joy of knowing that they're <laughs> that they have created some they have created a child that is now playing around with whatever doggies are in heaven as well. (laughs) So thank you both so much. Um, Would you mind, could we end the program with a prayer this morning? I'm happy to start. Ah, yes. All right. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord, we uh, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for being able to uh, connect with Radio Maria and their listeners. And we thank you for the lives of all our babies, all our children, especially those that we have maybe not been able to meet in the way that we would have liked to. We pray for all mothers and fathers who are suffering the grief of the loss of a baby. 
We pray, Lord, that you can be very close to them and to let them know that they're not alone and to feel the love of your mother as well. And I just pray for you to look kindly on Ruth and Phelan and continue to give them the courage, the strength and the passion of sharing their stories about Poppy Poppy and Pascal. I pray that their community continues to support them and support other families that are experiencing such loss. Lord, I pray that the church continues to grow in finding ways of celebrating the life that was here, celebrating on the work and the courage <clears throat> that these families have to continue on. Lord, I, I pray, pray for all those listeners out there that may be feeling shame or loss of hope from their experiences. I hope these words touch them and bring them encouragement and and bring them all the the blessings they need to continue and to to let their light continue to shine to other communities. Lord, pray f- <laughs> take good care of our little poppies, pascals, our little rosas, all of those up in heaven and let them continue to smile. And be our saints and continue to do their good work through us here on earth. Our Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us at Radio Maria. Thank Thank you for having us. us. Yeah, thank you. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.